All right, we're going to be back in the book of John tonight. John chapter 5. Last week, uh, <clears throat> last week we saw Christ heal the man at the pool of Bethesda, and we began to look at the reaction of the Jews uh, to this healing. Uh, tonight we're going to get into that a little farther and see their heart and see... Um, just hopefully not see in us what we see in them. So John chapter 5 and verse number 10. We'll start in verse number 8. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. And they, and they, sorry, then asked they him, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, Thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you again for this glorious day. Lord, we thank you for these truths that you've left for us all these thousands of years. God, I pray today that you would open our hearts, open our minds, that you would remove anything that would be a distraction. Lord, that you would calm our spirits and help us to hear and understand your truth. Lord, not just to hear it, but to have it change us and shape us into the men and women that you'd have us to be. Lord, help us to be doers of your word. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So again, we see this man that for 38 years has laid at the the pool at Bethesda and tried to get into the water after the angel comes and troubles the water to be healed. And We saw that all the people that were there would come in before him and nobody would take pity on him until Christ arrived. And Christ heals him of his infirmity. He's not able to walk. He's not able to move for 38 years. Uh, But Christ heals him. And now, on this first day, this Sabbath day, uh, he is told to take up his bed and walk, to remove himself from that place. And the first thing that the Jews do is they tell him that it's illegal. Uh, That since it's the Sabbath day, he is not allowed to use this new found strength that he has. He's not allowed to explore something that he's not been able to do for 38 years simply because it's the Sabbath day. So I wanted to take a look tonight at what the Sabbath day is. And since the book of Genesis, God has commanded that the seventh day be a day of rest. He commanded Israel uh, to keep this day as a holy day. Now, we remember the story of creation. In six days, God created everything. On the seventh day, He rested and said that it was all good. It was all very good. And because of that, when He spoke to Israel in Exodus, He told them to keep the Sabbath day. Exodus 20 and verse number 18. 
Exodus 20, and verse number 18. It says, And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain. I'm sorry, I think I put in the wrong verse. I did. Yeah, Exodus 20, verse number 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. This is part of the Ten Commandments. This is commandment number 4. Back in Exodus 16, God explains it a little more, or begins to explain it a little more. In verse number 22, And it came to pass that on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for one man, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. And he said unto them, This is that which the Lord had said. Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake that which you will bake today, and seed that which you will seed, and that which remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. And they laid it up till the morning as Moses bade, and it did not stink, neither was there any worm therein. And Moses said, Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath unto the Lord. Today you shall not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, in it there shall be none. And it came to pass that there went out some of the people on the seventh day for to gather, and they found none. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long refuse ye to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for, <clears throat> see, for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath, therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Abide ye every man in his place, let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. When God gave the Jews manna as they were going through the wilderness in Exodus, He made a way for them to still continue to keep the Sabbath, the Sabbath day. He expected them to gather and do more work on the sixth day in order to prepare for the seventh so that they wouldn't have to rest. He commands them to rest that day. God says that He will give them twice as much. Back in Genesis with, Genesis with Joseph, God revealed to Joseph that he would give Egypt seven years of plenty. And in those years, they would be able to store up for the seven years of famine that were coming. And God is no different today. If we would choose to follow his commands with everything in our lives, he would provide for us in this same way. Now this is not a tithing message, but I've heard so many people say that they can't afford to tithe. And God says you can't afford not to. God simply asks for a part, a piece of what we have, what he's blessed us with in order to worship him. Now there were rules for the Sabbath back in Exodus 20, uh, verses 8 through 11. We already read verse number 8. <clears throat> it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. In Exodus 32, or 31, he repeats himself. Again, if God is repeating himself, using, uh, <clears throat> reminding anybody of 
something he's already said, it's extremely important because God only gave so many words in the Bible. Exodus 31 and verse number 12 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbath ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. Ye shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is holy unto you. Every one that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days may work be done, and in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. So, it continues on. Exodus 35 says it again. Leviticus 25.18, Nehemiah 10.31 again shows us that we're not to work on the Sabbath day. We're to keep it holy, keep it pure, keep it only to the only to the Lord. Only work that was to be done or that was done for God was allowed to do, be done on the Sabbath day. Uh, the Levites, the priests, doing sacrifices and re- preparing what was to glorify God was allowed. Uh, in <clears throat> sorry, in Leviticus. God tells them they're not even supposed to kindle a fire on the Sabbath day. Yet the priests and Levites, as they offered their sacrifices, offered almost all of them by fire. So they had to work. They had to serve. They had to to kill the cattle and the sheep and, and divide them up. But all of this work was done for God, was done to honor God, and not done for personal gain. There were penalties for the Sabbath. For the Sabbath, the Book of Exodus tells us repeatedly that if uh, you were caught working on the Sabbath, if you were caught not uh, obeying the Sabbath, that you would die. You would be God would kill you. Uh, Leviticus twenty six. <clears throat> Exodus, Leviticus, then Numbers. Leviticus twenty six. And verse number 1 says, Ye shall make no idols nor graven image, neither rear you up a standing image, neither shall ye set up any image of stone in your land to bow down unto it, for I am the Lord your God. Ye shall keep my Sabbath and reverence my sanctuary, I am the Lord. If ye walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you rain in due season. And the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. And your threshing shall reach unto, unto the vintage, and the vintage shall reach unto the sowing time. And ye shall eat your bread to the full, and dwell in your land safely. And I will give peace in the land, and ye shall lie down, and none shall make you afraid. And I will rid evil beasts out of the land, neither shall the sword go through your land. And ye shall chase your enemies, and they shall fall before you by the sword. And five of you shall chase an hundred, and an hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight, and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. And I will have respect unto you, and make you fruitful, and multiply you, and establish my covenant with you. And ye shall eat old store, and bring forth the old because of the new. And I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. And I will walk among you, and be your God, and ye shall be my people. I am the Lord your God, which brought you... 
forth out of the land of Egypt that you should not be their bondmen. And I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you go upright. Now, that first part is great. If Israel would choose to keep the Sabbath and choose to keep to not have other gods, then God would do all these amazing things for them. And that's where we are in the book of Judges. They've uh, refused to keep the Sabbath. They've refused uh, to not bow down to other gods. And, and God is teaching them. Verse number 14 has my favorite three-letter word, but. It says, but, if ye will not hearken unto me, and will not do all these commandments, and if ye shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhor my judgments, so that ye will not do all my commandments, but that ye break my covenant, I also will do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror, consumption, and the burning arg, or egg, that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart, and ye shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. And I will set my face against you, and ye shall be slain before your enemies, that they hate you. They that hate you shall reign over you, and ye shall flee from none, when none pursueth you. And if ye will not yet for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. And it goes on and on, all the way to verse number 43. The land shall also be left of them, and shall enjoy her Sabbaths, while she lieth desolate without them. And they shall accept of the punishment of their iniquity, because even because they despise my judgments, and because their soul abhorred my statutes. God is going to remove them from the land if they don't, obey the Sabbath. He's going to give the land the rest that He promises. I don't know about you, but I think I would much rather be on God's good side than His bad side. But we also need to understand that there's more than one Sabbath. In Leviticus 23, uh, we see a couple of different things. And this is where a lot of times... uh, groups of people get off because they don't, they don't understand that there's more than one type of Sabbath. So when they look at the story of uh, the crucifixion and resurrection, resurrection, they think, oh, well, the Sabbath was Saturday because that was the last day of the week. So Christ had to be crucified on Friday because he was crucified and then had to be in the ground before the Sabbath. But they don't understand that there's more than one type of Sabbath. There's high Sabbaths. Uh, Leviticus 23 and verse number 1 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Those two words are important. Even these are my feasts. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. Ye shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations which ye shall proclaim in their seasons. And the fourteenth day of the first month at even is the Lord's Passover. And on the fifteenth day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord. Seven days ye must eat unleavened bread. In the first day ye shall have an holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein, but ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord seven days. And the seventh day is an holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. And it continues on all the way through verse 39, explaining all of the different feasts. But we know that on the 14th day of the first month is the Passover. 
Now, the other thing that we need to understand is that God's calendar is different than our calendar. God gave Israel 12 months with 30 days each. So the 14th day of the month was always the seventh day. We have 12 months that vary from 28 days to 31 days and are just randomly thrown in there however they're done. One extra day. What? And one extra day. And one extra day when it's a leap year. But in God's calendar, you had 12 months that were the same time length. You had 360 days. In our calendar, for some reason, we have 365. And you wonder why the climate gets all messed up sometimes. But that's a whole other issue. But we understand through this text that there are different Sabbaths. There are high Sabbaths. There are Sabbaths that feast that God wanted Israel to keep because of things that they needed to remember and then there were the normal weekly Sabbaths that happened every week but these were all supposed to be times of rest and they're not really differentiated between other than the fact that one is called a high day and one is not but all of this had Israel scared they either chose to completely disobey the Sabbath or uh, they chose to obey it in such a matter that everything was wrong. Um, but Christ has a completely different view. In Matthew 12, Matthew 12, Christ is going to begin teaching us his view of the Sabbath, God's view of the Sabbath. Matthew 12 and verse number 1, it says, At that time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were hungered and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples did that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have ye not read what David did when he was hungered, and they that were with him? How he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how that the Sabbath day, how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if ye had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, ye would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. <clears throat> Christ understood that God wants a day for us to worship Him. He was giving us a day of rest out of His goodness and His mercy, but He wanted us to use it to worship Him. And again, we said it earlier that Work that was done for God on the Sabbath day, work that was uh, done to honor and worship God was accepted. Now these men, these disciples, as they're following Christ, they understand they're following the Messiah. They believe they're following the Messiah. There's nothing wrong that they're doing. They're feeding themselves. They're caring for themselves. But Christ goes on. And Mark... Mark 1 and verse 21. And they went 
into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority, and not as the scribes. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone, what have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For what, for with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame was spread abroad throughout all the region about Galilee. Christ chose to heal this man. Now, he could have waited. He could have waited till the next day. He could have come a day early. But he saw the need and immediately took care of it. He got rid of the devil. But notice, notice in verse number 24. This is the unclean spirit speaking. It says, I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. You see, the devils know and understand who Christ is. They know and understand God and they obey God. They obey God better than his own children do. Mark chapter 2 and verse number 23. And it came to pass, this is again the story of the, the disciples going through the corn, that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day, and his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? He goes again to, to talk about David and how he ate the showbread and how the Lord, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath day. But down in chapter number 3 and verse number 1, And he entered again into the synagogue, and there, there was a man there which had a withered hand. <clears throat> and they watched him whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. And he saith unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days, or to do evil, to save life, or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he had looked around about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. On and on. Luke 6. Luke 6 and verse number 1. And it came to pass on the second Sabbath after the first that he went through the cornfields again, his disciples picking corn, rubbing them in their hands and did eat. He repeats himself, talking about David. Verse number 5. And he said unto them that the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. And it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught, and there was a man whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts, and said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth, and Jesus said unto him, I will ask you one thing, 
Is it lawful on the Sabbath day to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? And looking round about upon them all, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored whole as the other. You see, the Pharisees were so worried about profaning the Sabbath that they refused to try and help anybody. In Luke 13, and verse number 10, And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity eighteen years, and was bowed together, and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him, and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, and said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work in them. Therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him, The Lord then answered him, and said, Thou hypocrite, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall, and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these eighteen years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for all the glories, glorious things that were done by him. Christ loved to point out the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. Back in John chapter 5, we understand that they were simply just missing the point. The Jews completely missed the fact that this man was healed. They were too worried about their law. Their law. It wasn't God's law anymore. It was their perverted law. To, take, to care about a miracle that from the Lord. Their true heart is revealed and it isn't pretty. In fact, it's downright murderous. They go on simply because Christ did good and healed this man and brought him up from his low place. They wanted to kill him. This reminds me of the story of the Good Samaritan that we find in Luke, 25, Luke 10, 25. <clears throat> you know the story. Man went down... Uh, it's going between Jericho and another city. Luke chapter 10 and verse number 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came, the, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. 
And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go, and do thou likewise. The priest and the Levite were too worried about becoming unclean to have compassion on the man. These Jews were too worried about their outward appearance and their self-preservation to rejoice in the healing. Rather than following the healer, they chose to try and kill him so he wouldn't make them look bad. The true spirit of the Sabbath, God's intention for the Sabbath, Sabbath was never about refraining from work, but always about having an attitude of obedience toward God and giving Him just a part of your life. Today, we don't celebrate the Sabbath. Most people don't even give any of their lives to God. We should take our warning from the passage in Numbers and God only asks, remember that God only asks for a small part of your life to be devoted to Him. God doesn't ask for all of us. He just asks for a little piece. Just like our earthly parents don't ask for our whole lives, they just seek to be a part of it. Today, we had a day of rest. We had a day of honoring God and hearing His truth. And I pray that as we go throughout the week, we'll continue that time. We'll continue to give Him time. We'll continue to study His Word and spend time with Him. So that we can avoid the tragedy that He proclaims in Numbers. But most of all, I hope that we will take the time to look and see the miracles that God is doing around us and to not have a hard and contentious and jealous heart because somebody else is stealing our thunder.